Madison's Alternative, 1067 The Resistance. This week on the Disruptor Series, I'm joined by Molly Moore. Hello. Hello. What's going on? How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for making the time for us today. You are a busy woman. (laughs) Yeah, I just got back uh, from San Francisco yesterday. So it's been a crazy few weeks, but I'm having so much fun. Well, looking at even your music videos in the description, we can see that you're not only a singer and a writer, but also in charge of your own styling, directing, producing, and pretty much everything that goes along with making a music video, writing a song, everything. Yeah, absolutely. From start to finish, I'm just out here, out here making things happen as best I can. How do you handle doing all of that on your own? Um, There's a lot of learning involved, honestly. I really approach it like I'm trying to do the best I can with each new thing that I'm learning how to do. And I'm not going to be an expert at all of these different hats that I do end up wearing being an independent artist. But like, I really, really genuinely enjoy learning about like how to do things and how to do things better and you know I love collaborating with different creatives all across the board from like music to the visual side of things to even you know the live side of things and working with great musicians and so I just try to treat people well and hope that everyone else is enjoying it even like close to the amount that I'm enjoying it and um, it's been working out pretty well so far. We're definitely enjoying your new single, Hate Myself. Thank you. It's also pretty interesting, too. How did you come up with the concept of eating your own head? (laughs) You know, honestly, I was sitting in my kitchen, and that image just came into my brain. It was around the time that I was, like, really struggling with, like, my negative internal thoughts, and I was in therapy, and my therapist was kind of talking to me a lot about how the way I spoke about situations in my life, like she really called me out on the fact that I was like being mean to myself a lot of the time. And it was the first time that I became aware of that. And I was becoming aware that that wasn't normal. And so I think like simultaneously alongside that, like personal growth journey, I just, I'm a very visual person. I love surrealism. And I just had this image of me sitting at a dining room table, like with a silver platter, like, you know, you're in a hotel or getting room service or at a fancy dinner with my head underneath it. And I, was, I wrote it down immediately. I was like, that is so cool. And I had it in my brain for so long. It was like a year. And then I finally got to execute it. I had like an amazing team that helped me bring it to life. I work with this set design, these amazing set design people called Drip Dome. And they were like, yeah, we'll just cut a hole in the table and it'll be your actual head. And I was like, no way. Like I was thinking it would be like compositing with Photoshop and stuff. So I was very excited when I realized that it would be my actual head underneath the silver platter. It's really cool because I've watched the video so many times and like every time I look to like see like a gap in the table or something around your neck and you never see it. Like they did a really great job. We covered it up with the French fries, you know, (laughs) I got my neck a little bit greasy. (laughs) Yeah, it was, I didn't feel like great the next day. Like my neck was definitely like, oh man, but uh, it was completely worth it. Your bio says you're making a sonic shift back towards alternative. What do you feel makes these new songs more alternative than some of your previous ones? At the heart of it, it's like the energy of them. You know, I think I've always had that alternative, independent approach to my music, but the energy of the way I am approaching like this storytelling aspect of my songwriting, I think is one of the biggest things that makes it alternative. It's just a bit more angsty and more gritty and straightforward and a bit more sarcastic. And then 
you know, it's full band. It's like all live instruments, bass, guitar, drums. There's like hardly anything aside from those elements and vocals and like maybe a couple of layers of synths in the song. So I feel like I've just stripped everything else away and kind of just gotten back to what made me really excited to make music to begin with, you know, which was bands like No Doubt and like when my sister showed me Third Eye Blind and then I got into like Fall Out Boy and Taking Back Sunday and like just all of the, all of these different styles of music that all seem to fall under alternative. And so it's just made my soul really happy to get back to that. So do you have like a permanent band that works with you or does it depend on the show? It depends on who's available. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. All of my musicians that I play with, I would love to be able to play consistently with the same people. And like, occasionally I do, like there have been periods of time where I've gotten to play consistently with the same group of people, but a lot of them end up going on major tours with like major artists. And and I'm so happy for them. Obviously it's incredible. Um, But then I end up having to find like new iterations of the band every time I play, but it's all good. It's all good. I feel very blessed on this tour. I went out with my really good friend, Destiny Petrell, who I've known for years. She's an incredible artist and guitar player and producer. And she and I have, we go back like for a while now and we've gotten to play over the course of years too, as well. So she's seen me like through my growth. So that's been really amazing to like be able to experience my first tour with someone that is not only like a good friend, but also has just like seen me through a lot of transitions in my career and my life. So that's been really special. And that was your first tour? First tour as a solo artist. I was on one tour uh, in the past as in another project that I was in. But yeah, this is the, my first time touring as Molly Moore. So it was incredibly special. So if you were to end up hiring a band that you work with all the time, would you change the name of the band to something more inclusive of them? Or would you still keep it Molly Moore and the band? Ooh, that's such an interesting question. I've thought about starting a band project separate from my solo project for a very long time now. And I'm not quite sure. I do think that's something that I really want to do in the future because that community aspect of incepting the music and then performing it all with the same group of people and with people that are equally as invested as you is like something that I have always kind of envied. And I've also heard about how complicated it is from friends that are in bands of that nature, but that camaraderie and yeah, just community is something that I like really long for as an artist. And so um, I definitely can see myself in the future having a band that isn't a solo project, but like a group approach. And speaking of the future, you have a new album expected in 2023. Yes, I do. (laughs) How's it feeling uh, getting ready for Miserably Sublime? Woo! You're the first person I've heard say it. That's so exciting. Um, (laughs) I'm very, very excited about it. The concept of it is so important to me, and it's something that's taken me a while to, like, learn myself just about acceptance, acceptance of sadness and acceptance of happiness and kind of how those two dynamics play together and I'm really really excited for people to hear this music and and just hear my story you know um, journey with mental health and grief you know I lost my father unexpectedly four and a half years ago and then you know got out of a long-term relationship a year after that so a lot of the music is reflecting on that and like trying to understand myself and find love and accept and make space for some of the more uncomfortable emotions that I've been dealing with. So I'm, I'm very excited. It's very vulnerable and personal to me and, and also just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to play it live. Like I've been playing a bunch of unreleased music from the album 
on tour and the reactions have been really awesome. Will your previous single Jameson be on there as well? Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) That is one of my, well, mine and my husband's favorite whiskey. Yes. Bottles as our centerpieces. So when I first saw that, I was like, I wonder what direction this is going. (laughs) <laughs> Let's go. Jameson is also one of my favorite whiskeys and a, and a dear friend to me in times of need. <laughs> <laughs> and you brought up your dad. I lost my dad in 2015 and my mom in 2018. Oh, wow. And it's a life-changing experience. Yeah. Um, it can seem like there's the person that you were before and the person that you are now. Did it feel that way for you? Absolutely. It's so funny you say that because last night I was finally in my bed after like all of the traveling and chaos and I'm scrolling on Instagram because it's my first time that I've even had time to do that since I've been on the road. And I saw this meme. I get a lot of like self-improvement and like mental health memes (laughs) on my explore page. And uh, it said, I'm not only grieving you, I'm grieving the person I was before I lost you. And I was like, whoa, that is so deep. And I didn't want to relate to it, but I do, you know? Uh, I was going to post it actually and be like, I relate to this, but I also feel really proud of like the person that I've become through that pain. And I think that's really what it is for me. It's both, you know, because there was like this, this innocence and this naivete that I had before I lost my father and I like to try to maintain it as much as I can but there is a big part of that side of me that's just not it just doesn't exist anymore and I think that in a lot of ways it's made me a much better person a much more present person and um, I feel even more driven than I already like was you know growing up through my 20s Um, but there's also a really ugly side to that too and it's hard it's hard to to really face and, and grapple with, you know, the fear of losing other people in your life that you love. That is so real to me now, even though I always was, a, you know, you're always aware that death exists and, you know, it's this like ominous thing that is like kind of, you push away to like the back of your mind. You're like, that won't happen to me. Like, and when it will, like, you know, I'll somehow have the tools to deal with it. And I think that, it hit me at a time I was 25 and I just, you know, just wasn't ready for it. I don't think you ever are, but Mm -hmm. so I definitely miss a lot of parts of the person that I was before, but I'm also really, really proud of a lot of the qualities that I've grown into as I've started to accept that loss, you know? Nobody really like warns you for the adult you have to become. Like you Mm -hmm. never even really realize the safety net that you had. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't have that anymore. I have to be a grown up. And yeah, all of a sudden, a hundred percent. It's so tough. It's so hard, especially like in those first couple of years of adjusting to that new normal, which I kind of hate that phrase. Everyone uses yeah. that around death, but it's so real. But when you're first going through it, you're like, no, this isn't my new normal. I want to go back. I don't accept it. Um, yeah. But it is true. It is kind of just like it's this new reality that you eventually have to come to terms with i saw something on tiktok the other day that said you don't grow out of the pain you just make room for it that is so real it was like that's so real yeah i was just like well you know this way too much for your age (laughs) yeah you've been very open about your tough times and you haven't shied away from sharing your experiences 
Does music make it easier for you to be vulnerable or does being vulnerable make it easier to make music? Wow. I'd like to say that being vulnerable makes it easier to make music because you can choose whatever you want to put into your music, kind of like you can choose however you want to exist in the world, the energy that you give to people and the energy that you put out as a human being. You really are in a lot of ways like in charge of that. And I think that being vulnerable first and then choosing to share that through music, that process to me comes easier, you know. I I feel very grateful that I have music as an outlet to be vulnerable to though. You know, there's a lot of times where I go into sessions and I'm working with brand new people and I'm like, so this is what's going on in my life. Like, and it's like a therapy session with someone that you just met five minutes ago. And, you know, that is partially because you're there to write a song, but it's also because I feel like brave enough to just be candid and honest with people. Um, And I think that that quality is the most important to making impactful music you know music that other people can listen to and feel like they're not as alone as they were before you know because that is what music's been for me my whole life even before I knew about the pain of life I thought I knew through music you know and then there were things that I felt like I must be the only one that feels this way and then you hear somebody say it in a lyric and you're like damn I'm not (laughs) I'm not alone and that's like that's the coolest thing to me when you're on stage, is it like as soon as you step on stage, you're like, this is where I'm supposed to be? Or do you ever have those moments where it's just like, I don't really want to share with these people? <laughs> I always feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. And even if it's, you know, a night with less people in the room or they're not as animated as they were the night before, I just know that like, I have a voice and any sort of platform at all, big or small, because I'm somewhere along my journey in growing through all of these different things I've been faced with in my life. And I feel compelled to share that with other people. And I feel less alone too, when I'm able to do that. And it's part of not repressing those emotions and, and actualizing them and validating them for me. And then to see the impact that it can have on other people to accept their own emotions and and share that, like even with me, who's a stranger, even though I just got off stage and I've been talking to them and performing, like just that connection with other human beings, even when you may never see them again is the most beautiful thing to me. And like, I I want more of that in my life. And that's like, it's what I care so passionately about is why I want to make music in the first place. And even times where I've been like nervous or I felt like, oh, I'm gonna mess up. Like, or I don't know if I'm gonna do this song good or if I'm gonna sound good it kind of for the most part always goes away when I step on stage and I'm like, oh, <laughs> this, yeah, this is it. Like, this is why. And it's weird because that it can just disappear as soon as you're off stage. You're like, man, this is so hard. Like I'm struggling so much to do this. But as soon as I'm back there it's, it, and I'm performing, I, it's just like, it all makes sense, you know? Do you have to do anything like right before you go out, like vocal warm-ups or drink tea or Luke from the struts says he has to take a nap? <laughs> Really? That's so funny. I didn't, I've never heard someone taking a nap right before performing. I feel like that would not be it for me. I was like, I was tired today and I was thinking about taking it up and I was like, absolutely not. I'm going to wake up and I'm not even going to be a human being. Like I'm going to need like so much caffeine. Um, For me, 
For me, I do vocal warm-ups, definitely. I always drink throat coat and teas that are good for my throat. I just recently invested in like a nebulizer, which is a vocal steamer, which is really helpful. You do that like 30 minutes or an hour before you go on stage. And then I, I like to take a moment. I always have to stretch. First off, have to stretch because I like to jump around like a monkey on stage. And I've definitely like pulled muscles before. Um, but I also, the most important thing for me before I go on stage is just having a quiet moment with myself and I like to try to connect with my dad because he was a musician and really made me want to make music. And I just try to like thank him for allowing me to believe in myself and encouraging that from such a young age and showing me that you can make music full time for a living and survive and have a family. And, and I like to just dedicate it to him and just let him know that we're doing it together, you know. Absorb it all and make sure that when you're out there, you can absorb that experience as well. Mm-hmm. Setting the intention too, I think is super important because it can be very chaotic getting things ready for a show and you're like just running around making sure everyone's good. And so it's really important to just center myself before I go on stage. Do you have tour plans for 2023 or is that going to kind of depend on, on things that happen over the next few months? Um, I'm definitely working on a few headline shows probably four headline shows in new york la denver and chicago and then i'd love to make it back to seattle seattle was amazing and so was portland and i'm hoping to uh do another opening slot on on a full tour this time because i was only on like the back half of this tour that i just went on so i'm talking to my agent about locking something in for 2023 well hopefully when you're in the chicago area you can make it to madison and visit us Yes, I would love nothing more. A hundred percent. Hopefully we'll do it in like March or April, right around the album release. So that would be so incredible. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Oh, it was so great to talk to you. I'm really so grateful that you had me. We're going to check out Hate Myself by Molly Moore right now on The Resistance. <laughs> 